Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBOY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State student mandate fee. My name is Dan Dale, also known as Double D, and I am joined by my beautiful co-host, by my dashingly good-looked, mustached brother, Tanner <laughs> Saunders. Uh, Frank the Tank Lopez will be joining us soon, hopefully. He says he's going to be five to ten minutes late. Uh, you know? Boo. Uh, Tanner, you can't boo him. He'll be earlier than Joe, who's stuck on a cruise. You know? <laughs> like, dude's probably like 20 hours away. It, like, hmm. I, I'll take the guy who's five to ten minutes late than the guy who's out in Mexico right now. That's fair. I, boy, Joe, I'm a little concerned about Joe. I mean, you know, Mexico's cool. Like, he's going to the same place in Mexico that I went, Cozumel. It's a nice place. There's a lot to do there. Well, nice depending on where you go. But generally speaking, it's a nice place. But for one of our classes, we have to take a quiz online, and it has to be done by tomorrow at 11.59 Eastern. So if he doesn't have Wi-Fi access, I don't know how that's going to that's gonna go over i mean as soon as i found out about it i tipped him off so but that's up to him to figure out but boy he uh I, I that, think... that ship wi-fi better not fail him because i know the ship that i went on the wi-fi was questionable at times i can't imagine trying to take a quiz on that so i, I think if i remember what he told us or, or at least he told me was that he was gonna save his wi-fi minutes because he only gets i think 130 or 150 free wi-fi uh, minutes on the cruise so he's gonna save them up all for his uh his podcast <laughs> i don't think that's a good move now now that you're telling me he, there's a test involved <laughs> yeah yeah might need to he, he might, might need, need to, to rearrange re- 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 that podcast that's i mean right. man uh i i get it you want the the nice cruise look but i i don't think your uh grade's worth it to fall that far no uh, it's not uh, let's let's get right into the depressing part of every, almost every day it seems like every time we're on the show it's uh the 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 horrible disgusting Buffalo Sabers. Oh, I thought you you brought out two uh, adjectives there. I thought you were gonna bust out the oh, the thesaurus no, they don't again. deserve it anymore. Oh, jeez, that's how bad they've been. They're below even the uh, the thesaurus now. Yeah, I I mean that's how far far down they're going. Um. If you didn't know, or if you turned off your TV really quick, uh, good for you for turning off your TV. But uh, if you didn't know the final score, uh, the Sabres lost to the Predators last night, 7-3. to three. Uh, And really, the only light of that whole game was when that that big man who was sitting on the bench with his mask off, just, just waiting, seeing the old guy work, Put the mask on and took over for Greg Craig Anderson. Uka Pekka Lukinen. I mean, how can you not love that man? Uh, Tanner has a deep found relationship with UPL that UPL does not know about. Uh, hopefully one day that may change, but who knows? But I- I- until UPL came in, I mean, it, it was really, really uh, just horrifying to watch. I mean... You're you're talking that the Predators scored six on you in the first two periods. 
and you've only scored two through two periods. I it, And what's funny to me is that the, these teams, both of these teams, were coming off seven to zero losses. Hmm. We we got killed, uh, you know, by who is it? Who is Boston? Seven, Boston, of course, Boston. How could I forget Boston? Uh, and Nashville lost seven to zero to the Rangers <laughs> uh, with yeah. Patrick Kane getting a hat trick. But you you would think, oh, one of these teams should step up. It should be the team that has done better on the offensive side, um, comparably to the Nashville Predators, the Buffalo Sabres. And what did they do? <laughs> Fall straight on their face and eat dirt. Uh, Craig did not – he was not young guy Andy. He was old man, I need my 6 o'clock bedtime, Andy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, that dude, I, I think I fell asleep faster than he allowed pucks in. I mean, six goals in 20 shots. I, I mean, that is a horrible ratio. Horrible ratio. I am shocked. Don Granado didn't pull him sooner. Don let him sit through six goals, and I don't know what the the idea is of Don letting our goalies just suffer. I don't know. Does he just like seeing them cry and suffer? And he's the, a masochist. I I I mean, well, he went. He let UPL go through a seven to three loss. I believe it was. Um, you talking about against Boston in Boston the last time we played him? Well, I'm trying to think of all the times Don has left UPL out to dry. Oh, that feels like every game. I, I mean, Dallas, I think it happened. Um, it's hard to remember all the games he started when you had a three-goalie rotation system up and running. Uh, but, I, I mean, there are a couple of games where he just got held out to dry and it, it it's a weird ideology that Granado has with that. They doesn't pull him out uh, when clearly they are not having a good day by any means. Whether that's just unlucky shots, unlucky moments, uh, two on ones, breakaways. Uh, you know, Don just says, "Go out there." If you die out there, we're going to keep you. It's like the Scott Sterling videos, if you've ever seen them, where um, every time somebody shoots a ball or hits a ball, because there's two videos. There's one he does of volleyball and one he does of uh, soccer, where he just gets hit straight in the face every time. And by the the end of like the shootout or the game, he's just dead to the world. <laughs> I feel like that's what they're doing with the Sabres goalies. Uh if you want to know what I'm talking about, you know, just search up Scott Sterling on YouTube. You'll find the videos pretty quick. Uh, and, I I mean, after the fourth goal, I think there was a lot of talk about UPL being put in. And Don just said, no, I don't feel like it. And then by the sixth goal where you're, like, out of it and you know you're out of it, you're like, oh, okay, we can put UPL in now. Uh UPO didn't even allow a goal. I, I mean, on the six shots he faced, he didn't allow a single thing. So if you're wondering how there was a goal in the third period, that's because of Don pulling UPL and there being an empty netter while being down six to three. Um, don't know the thought process there either. I, I feel like the later and later we're getting to the season, the, the more and more I, I question Don. And this is even... 
I, I was even starting to like him. Uh, Frank the Tank has showed up. He smiled at me. He has I entered feel special. the arena. Uh, but, you know, at, after a while, you would think, like, okay, Don knows what he's doing. I mean, we really saw that through, I think, the first 50-some games of him actually doing, like, a good job knowing what to do, taking the timeouts when he needs to. Um, but now, lately, it's been like he's lost all thoughts. I, I mean, are we sure R- Ralph Kruger isn't dressed up as Don Granado right now? Because that's what it's it's uh, looking like to me. Because, man, there, I, I mean, questionable moves. I mean, the lineup changes, then not pulling the goalie right away, not knowing when to pull the goalie when... Uh, you're down by a certain amount of goals. It, it, it's a lot that I feel like he's missing that he should already know. Uh, I, I mean, I, what, what are your thoughts about, you know, UPL last night's game and Granado kind of handling the game, Tanner? You know what? I'm starting with the man, the myth, the legend, Uko Pekalukinen. I'll tell you what. This is my Stanley Cup right here. Obviously, the W's have not been coming in the win column for the Sabres, so we have to take every little victory that we can, no matter how meager it is. And last night, UPL, first career shutout, baby. Woo! I don't care if he only faced six shots, and he only had like 23 minutes of ice time, and we had the majority of ozone possession in the period. I don't care. First career shutout for Lukanen. Long overdue. Like, the universe has not wanted this man to have nice things all season, really. So to see him get his first shutout finally, oh, my gosh, the joy that it brought. Like I said, that was my Stanley Cup because obviously the Sabres aren't making the playoffs this year. That's just about dead in the water at this point. So you know what? That just that made my night. That was that's season successful right there because Lukanen finished a game in which he played with a one zero zero save percentage. So I'm absolutely thrilled about that. Maybe he'll get the Fairweather Sabres fans off of his back for the uh, the next twenty four hours or so, or until the next time he plays. But you know, Craig Anderson. Like, I love Craig Anderson. Young guy Andy, man. He's the OG. He's probably like the first goaltender in history since he was around when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Like, you know, he's been mostly good for the past two years that he's been with the Sabres, but he just does not need to see the ice for the rest of the season. Simply put, like, you look at Craig Anderson's last two games, the second to last was against Philadelphia. He gave up five goals. On 2.4 expected goals against, so a negative 2.53 goals save above expected. And then he follows this up against Nashville, letting in six goals on 20 shots with 1.8 expected goals against, a negative 4.18 goal save above expected. Like, he's just, and there were some, he let in some weak shots last night. Like, one of my nicknames on this show should be the Tender Defender, because I'll be the first person to defend our goaltenders when they have to deal with probably the most unfriendly system to goaltenders in the NHL. But Craig Anderson last night, it just seemed like he was disinterested. Like, he had one foot out the door. Like, he might as well have retired as soon as he came out of the game last night, because you know, he let in he let in some weak ones and you know it was good to see at least that the team responded well to the uh, the goaltender change like whether people want to admit it or not this team has played their best hockey this season when UPL was in net and I think that third period they really you know stepped it up like, especially on defense like you know the awareness and just the hustle on defense was there you know not letting guys just walk in front of the net or in front of the slot like and 
uh, Victor Olofsson even, he made a really nice play to break up a potential two-on-one opportunity on Lukanen. So I think once Lukanen came in, they responded well, and they played really well, about as good as defense as I've seen all year. But nevertheless, I'm happy. Even though we got romped, mollywopped, UPL didn't allow a single goal, so that's a W. Uh, fire oh, alarm. <laughs> There's a fire alarm going off. Greg! Greg, what'd you do? Uh, that's our, 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 uh, what is, what is Greg? Chief engineer. Chief engineer. I wanted to make sure I got it. But we're going to keep going with the show, I, I think, unless if the whole building burns down. But, uh, we got a caller and it's Tony from Kenmore. Okay. Uh, hi, Tony. What do you want to talk about? Well, I just wanted to make the comment that, uh, Every team in the NHL wants a goalie uh, who can steal games, and you know the team gets outplayed and they they stand on their head, etc. But uh, and but the, with that said, j- just pull up the standings that are you know more columns across in the NHL, and you'll see the top teams having fewer shots on goal against them and fewer goals against. Now that's a duh, but uh, bottom line is. Our, our defenders are goal wa- are, are puck watching yes. or doing something wrong or they're getting out of position. I don't know how to fix that, and, I, and I'm not a hockey coach, but ultimately, uh, and I hope that this new guy that they're bringing in out of the college ranks can, can step in and help right away uh, to replace uh, our retiring guy, but ultimately you need defense. Uh, look at the uh, different sport, but look at uh, the World Cup soccer and 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 you know, check the face or the, the arms of the, the uh, goalie in the U.S. Uh, on the second goal uh, in the game that they, they lost. Two goals in a row on uh, shots from guys that, that didn't have any U.S. defender in the same zip code. And, and you know, you just can't do that at that level of, of soccer as an example. So we're, you know, you just, there's too many uh, metrics that they evaluate defenders and and we should be able to look at our defenders and say we can't use this guy anymore because he puck watches or he doesn't move his feet fast enough when the, when the other team is attacking you know it's just there's we you know there's reasons you lose and defense wins games and the the team back when Lindy Ruff was coaching they, he didn't care if the team won you know 6-3 or 2 to 1 uh, if the team was playing good defense and preventing shots on goal all right, thanks. I'll uh, take your response off the air. Thanks. Cool. Thank you, Tony. Uh, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, uh, but I was informed by our chief engineer that we actually have to leave uh, due to the fire drill. So uh, we're going to play some music. When we come back, the Blitz will be back, hopefully. Uh, but we'll respond straight to that question about the defense uh, being bad and needing to upgrade the defense in any way possible. I'm so sorry for doing this. This is so out of the blue, but uh, we got to get out of the building before it burns, or hopefully not burn. Uh, So we'll be back on the Blitz when this whole thing is over. Keep listening to 91.3 FM WBOY Buffalo. Although it's great to see Backstrom and Wilson working out. Loose in front here. Oh, oh, no! What a stop by Lukanen! 
heck of a highlight reel stop. Good forecheck, puck bounces around, they fail to clear, and it comes right to Connor Sherry, and he can't believe it. The catching glove of the goaltender sneers that puck. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM after our fire alarm? Yeah, fire alarm show. That's the title of this episode, fire alarm show. Uh, my name's Dan Dale, also known as Double D, joined by Tanner Saunders and Frank the Take Lopez. And we'll get back to that caller, Tony, who talked about the defense, uh, you know, not stepping up for our goalies, and that's how we should improve forward. And I 100% agree. Um, I, I've been saying this, at least uh, in, in some ways than others, that we have a top three. You you have a general top three. You have Darlene, you have Power, you have Samuelson. That those are your three. You need a four. <laughs> you kind of need a four. Uh, you know I love Yogi Haru, but Yogi Haru's just. I don't think he's at that level. I think you need somebody. Either older who's been good, like a Brent Burns who could fit in with power and maybe help power. I know maybe that's not the exact fit. Um, but, you know, Labushkin and Stillman on the third line, that's uh, an okay line. Um, but you don't really have reserves after that. You have Bryson or Quigg, and you have Bryson who's never amounted to anything in his career. Um, you know, he's never really done much. And then you have Quigg who's, Young, rookie, called up, impressed, has stayed with the Sabres. Um, You know, how much longer do I want to see the Sabres keep on spending first-round picks on defensemen? I don't know. Because it seems like every time we have at least a somewhat good pick, uh, we use it on defensemen. You know, I understand Darlene and Power were like the clear consensus number ones. But they're, they're, actually, I want to retract that statement. The more I think about it, uh, I would like to change it and say we're drafting too much offense in the first round to not account for our defense. Uh, because last year, uh, when the Sabres had three first-round picks, three, the number eight, the number 16, and somewhere in the 20s, I believe it was, wherever the Panthers finished up. Um, and what did Kevin Adams decide to spend him on? A center. After a center. After a center. After a center. Like, the dude, Adams is, you know, his draft, I don't want to say knowledge, but maybe his, like, scouting department isn't up to snuff because, No good team is drafting three centers with three first-round picks. Like, I I can understand the centers can play wings, and yes, they can be moved there. But, you know, when somebody's been a center for a long time, they usually like to stay as a center. Uh, So, I I don't know why Adamson decided to use more defense or, or draft more defense. I mean, Jack Quinn... I, I think Quinn's been great, but, you know, there's also the argument like, hey, you could have picked a defenseman there. Um, you know, there's a lot of picks that maybe you say, oh, we've drafted a lot of offense and a lot of goalies. 
and not a lot of defense. And that all falls on Adams. Um, you know, whether we get somebody in free agency or not, we've seen the free agent moves. It's been Labushkin, and that's it. That's the list. That, that's all you get. Um, but, I mean, Tanner, what are your thoughts on Tony's point on the Sabres defenseman not stepping up and trying to get more of top-level guys on the defense side? He was spitting, man. He was absolutely correct. Like, I don't know if you heard me uh, while you were taking the call, but I said I like to call myself the tender defender on this show because I'll be the first person to defend our goaltenders because they play in what probably is the most unfriendly goaltender situation in the entire NA. You got to be kidding me. No way. It's not going. Oh, it's going off. Oh, my God. Again? Are are we not going to. Is this show just cursed today? I guess so. Like, what? (laughs) I, I don't know what we should do. Dan, I don't. Dan is so mad about Kevin Adams <laughs> not drafting a defenseman in the first round that steam began just pouring out of his ears up to the smoke detector, and now we find ourselves in this precarious situation once again. I, I think we'll keep going until I'm told differently. Until we hear otherwise. Yeah. Well, what I was saying is, so uh, Tony from Kenmore was absolutely correct that, you know, Sure, you'd maybe you'd like to see our goaltenders, you know, step up and, you know, bail us out of a couple more shots or steal a couple more games than they do. Um, but, I mean, it's hard. I mean, night in and night out. Like, I don't, the stats for this aren't tracked, but just based off the eye test, I feel like the Sabres give up more two-on-ones or odd man rushes than any other team in the NHL. And Don Granado's system is you know, designed such that the goaltender gets hung out to dry a lot of times because, you know, we favor the offensive zones and therefore we give up a lot of odd man rushes and two-on-ones. So, you know, while you'd like to see the goaltenders make a couple extra saves, I mean, it's a tough a tough thing to do. You know, it's a tough ask for your goaltender to constantly bail you out when night in and night out they're just getting bombarded with, you know, two-on-ones and odd man rushes. So, you know, he was right. Our goaltenders, they deserve some blame, but a lot of it is in the defense. Like, this team is not backstopped properly for goaltender success. Like you mentioned, our top three defensemen, they're pretty good. You know, Rasmus Dahlin, Matias Samuelson, we talked about the uh, the impact that he's had this season. When he plays, the Sabres are 28-16-4. When he doesn't play, the Sabres, I believe, are now 5-15-2 or something like that. And, you know, we also have Owen Power. But outside of that, the depth is not great. We need... So we have our first pair defensemen, right, with Darlene and Samuelson. We have Owen Power. We need to find somebody, preferably a right shot, to put next to Owen Power. And then we could use, you know, somebody to put next to Yoki Haru on the third pair, whether that's Labushkin or, you know, go out and find somebody else in um, free agency. Well, actually, Yoki's a right shot, so maybe another left shot. Ryan Johnson could be on the third pair next to uh, Labushkin next season, perhaps. But uh, we definitely need to address that in the offseason. We need the two things I think the Sabres need. We need a top six forward, and we need... Oh, Greg's got the jacket on. (laughs) Awaiting words. Are we we permitted to continue? No, we're not. We got to get up on it. We got to get out. Oh, my God. This this show's not going right today. We just can't do it. Uh, I, I, if we ever come back, um, we'll, we'll come back with more Sabres talk, Bills talk, if we can get a game in. I don't know. Uh, but 
Keep listening to The Blitz on 91.3 FM. That's how I feel right now. Just just a lot of noises happening at, all at once. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBNY. I'm out of breath because we ran back to the studio. I'm out of words to describe what's happening right now. <laughs> this is a story to, this is a show to test the time. I mean, I, I think, I, I would love to know if any other radio station has had to stop their shows twice because of a fire alarm. That's what we do here at WBNY, and particularly on the Blitz. We set the trends, baby. Exactly. Uh, my name's Dan Dale. I'm joined by Tanner Saunders and Frank to Take Lopez. We were talking about the Sabres. I don't know where we left off. <laughs> um, I was talking about our defense pairings ah, and what they yes. should be next season. So, I, geez, I'm going to have to keep summarizing <laughs> everything. But So, basically, Tony from Kenmore called in and said, you know what? Our goalies, it's not really the problem. It's the defense. I agree. For exactly the reasons he cited, far too often we get caught puck watching, just an overall lack of awareness in the defensive zone. And I think, Dan, I agree with you that we have our top three, you know, defensemen partially figured out. Obviously, Dalian and Samuelson, like I mentioned earlier, we know how important Matias Samuelson is. He might be the unsung MVP of this team, honestly, because when he plays, the Sabres are 28-16-4. When he doesn't, I believe they're now 5-15-2. So Dalian and Samuelson, obviously, that's your number one pairing. Um, the second pairing, obviously, is going to feature Owen Power, and then I think you got to bring in somebody else to put alongside him. I mean, since Lubushkin's a right shot and Power's a left shot, do you think about making Lubushkin that second pairing, or do you look for somebody in free agency? And then the third pairing, I think, is where Yoki Haru's best fitted. Like, I like Yoki Haru. He's Uko Pekalukinen's boyfriend. Just kidding. That's, <laughs> that's a meme. It's just a meme. It's not not actually. But, you know, I like him, but I think he's a third pairing defenseman at best, and he is a right shot. So, ideally, you have your third pair be Yoki Haru and maybe Ryan Johnson, you know, from Minnesota. So I think that would be my ideal thing uh, for next season as far as defense pairing goes. And then you can just jettison Jacob Bryson off to wherever, and Clegg can be in Rochester or wherever he likes to be when he's not on the Sabres. But uh, I do agree with Tony in the sense that I think, you know, our goaltenders, like the talents there, like Uko Pekalukinen is incredibly talented. And I'm seeing people saying, like, oh, like, where's the evidence that he's a a starting goaltender like dude it's he wasn't even supposed to be in the nhl this year let's let's give this context he's 24 years old he wasn't even supposed to play in the nhl this year you know why he is because when eric Comrie got injured the first time and lukanen came up he earned his spot on the roster he played well enough to play himself onto the buffalo sabers nhl roster and sure he's had a rough stretch but what goalie isn't going to struggle you know in their first like lukanen's only played 44 career games he's played you know just over half a full season in the nhl what goalie immediately comes in and just lights the world on fire and doesn't struggle? Like, you know, Sabres fans think Devin Levi is going to come up and he's going to be goalie Jesus. Like, he's going to average the numbers that he put up at Northeastern, you know, a 93 save percentage and like a 2.00 goals against average. There's a non-zero chance that Devin Levi doesn't struggle at some point in his first 82 games, let's say. Like, goaltending, it's been an issue. Like, Lukanen's, you know, been on a rough stretch as of late. Anderson is... Is 
I mean, he might as well. I don't think he should see the ice for the rest of the season. Same goes for Eric Comrie. Like, for the rest of this season, it needs to be the L and L or the, the Luke and Levi show, which sounds like a really bad, like, 80s sitcom, <laughs> but that's what it needs to be the Luke and Levi show. And then, you know, we need to make the appropriate moves in this offseason, whether it be free agency through the draft to backstop, you know, this team. So these guys aren't getting, you know, hung out to dry all season next year, at least at the rate that they have been this season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I thought he smelled smoke for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, Frank, you're smelling it too? Dan, you're not going crazy. Uh, I definitely smell smoke. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a crazy day at Buff State, man. I'm so glad we got it on recording. Uh, <laughs> th- this is great. I'm going to put it out there. Everybody's going to be like, why did they take so many breaks at the beginning? Because there was a stupid fire alarm that happened twice. <laughs> we didn't ask for it. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the Luke and Levi show. Um, that I I I kind of like that name, Tanner. I I want to put like I don't know. I want to do like a Brady Bunch theme around that, where you just have like Tage Skinner. <laughs> you you have the twins, UPO and Levi. You know that that I I think it would make it work. Um, but. The the Sabers are in downtime. I mean, this this has now become, ooh, playoffs to ooh, where's my vacation being? Uh, <laughs> you know, the Sabers aren't mathematically eliminated yet, but they're pretty dang close. Uh, you know, coming into the last eighteen games of the season, they had to win twelve of the eighteen, I believe. That is virtually unheard of, almost. And I I think we've lost enough now where we're getting to that point where if we lose one or two more, we're out for good. Uh, so uh, wherever uh, Eric Comrie's deciding to uh, spend his vacation or Craig going home with the kids, you know, they can go early if they want. <laughs> I, I don't think we're against it. Uh, but I, I would want to see a lot of moves by Adams now that you're almost eliminated that you bring up some of your gun, young guys Coolidge, Eric Prowl, uh even if you want to give Malcolm Subban a shot you know, uh, just because I, I would like to see him sing the national anthem again, you know that's, that's my thing, but um, you know, there's a couple of players down in Rochester that deserve some time up here I, I definitely think that I mean, Tanner, do you think that's the the move the Sabres should now be going, kind of jump ship on the playoff race and kind of start loading up for next year, getting some guys some NHL experience time and just move on? Mm, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I how far do you want to go with it? Like, are we talking about do you want to shut down, like, Tage Skinner talk like obviously you want to have the you know the kid line keep playing maybe like on the third or fourth line like you sit Olafson and then you know bring up somebody I mean I wouldn't be opposed I, to I that. mean teams that are eliminated still play their top lines I mean I and I think part part of that is to screw other teams over mm-hmm. uh you know that's like the whole whole thing uh like how the Bills did that with the Patriots mm-hmm. you know uh, screw them out of a playoff spot or a chance to get in a playoff spot and beat them with all your starters. So I I think they'll still 
be they won't be as competitive anymore, but I feel like we may not see much of Gergensen anymore. We may not see much of a Pozo anymore. Um, you know, some of the older guys are guys who have shown that they don't fit the mold. Uh, you know, maybe a Victor Olsen start get, starts getting sat more. Um, Jost gets played more. I, I think that's the move, probably just starting to put young guys in old guy spots. Because you don't know how much longer Opozo has with the Sabres. I mean, we've all kind of estimated either this year or next year is his final year, um, at least in the league, because I know his contract is up this season, at the end of this season. And Gergensen is... He's okay for a fourth-line guy. He just, he's never really amounted to much in his career. He's played, what, 600 NHL games and barely has reached the 250 mark um, in points-wise. I mean, that's that that's a little, I don't want to say embarrassing, but I feel like it, it just isn't what I'm looking for. Um. You know, I think he's done great, but I think it's maybe time to move on. He was never really an Adams or Granado guy. Um, you know, maybe start filling him up with younger guys from the AHL and just make make the Sabres even younger for a time being. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Sabres can make a, uh, make a record for the youngest team in AHL history at a certain time. I don't know what that record would be, but I feel like that would be a pretty cool record to have just of... Wow, you've been bad for so long. You had the youngest team ever. Uh, so I, I I, think that's the way the Sabres should move. And before we continue talking, it's 3 o'clock. And I'm not going to take a break because we've already, already taken already two. We've already done that. But I got to say we go ID. So you've been listening to Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Man Dave and now I want to kind of shift over, and, and Frank, you can break the news since you were the first one to break it on, on the uh, sidewalk outside our studio. <laughs> uh, what, what is the big NFL news? Jets signed former Chiefs wide receiver, wide receiver Miko Hardman. Woo! Let's go. Wow. Just lovely. Absolutely fantastic. The Jets are doing anything possible to get better. I think this is a great little pickup piece for them. Great off the sweep for Aaron Rodgers when he shows up eventually. Hey, it's not Randall Cobb. It's not hey, Randall Cobb. It, it, it's not on his list, man. He's not going to be happy. You're right. Aaron's very upset about this pickup. <laughs> if that trade's even going to get done, I mean, that's another discussion. I know um, he he's changed his mindset for playing with the Jets, but... The Packers still want to make sure the Jets play, pay a pretty penny for Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah. they don't want to give up a franchise leader in almost anything. I mean, well, he's probably second or third in every passing and touchdown uh, record there is in Green Bay. I, I know he said he was um, the most uh, – he started the most games for the franchise – so that's like something too. I mean, that he's been that healthy and been able to play that much. Um, so I I I don't know if Jets are still gonna get Aaron Rodgers because, for all we know, 
there could be a third team or a fourth team that wants to be involved in the sweepstakes, and they may be willing to pay more. I I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Rodgers didn't get to choose where he got to play. I mean, maybe his mindset's on a team, but it doesn't mean that's where he's going. That That's never what it means. I mean, the the organization can treat you however they want, and you know, since there isn't an owner in Green Bay, the fans decide where you end up. Um, so they can send you to the scrums of the earth, also known as Chicago, uh, because that's what they think uh, is the scrum of the earth. But I, I definitely think that there's now questions if Rodgers is going to the Jets or are the Jets now loading up for somebody else? I mean, this McCole Hardman signing is a little out of the blue. It's only a one-year deal. It's kind of like a prove-it deal. And it's odd because you're leaving the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, for the Jets who don't have a secured Aaron Rodgers yet. Yeah, there's still talk about it, but it doesn't mean he's there yet. It's not in the plane. The trade's not done. The league hasn't said anything. I I mean, what are your thoughts about the McCall Harmon signing, other than it's a good piece? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, if I was a Jets fan, I would like it, but as a Bills fan, I would hate it. This guy... Oh, McCole Hardman. He's a he's a good player, man. I mean, this is a guy that's got four three speed, and boy, that's just another explosive playmaker to add to this offense. Not only you know, regardless of who their quarterback is, you're going to have to deal with Brees Hall next year. And the Jets were a completely different team with Brees Hall in the lineup compared to when he wasn't. Like Zach Wilson went five and two. I'm pretty sure when Brees Hall was was uh, available and on the field. So. Just adding him alone, I mean, that's huge. And then to add Garrett Wilson, who was the best rookie wide receiver, you know, Elijah Moore, if he gets out of the coaching doghouse and actually gets involved on offense. And then to have McCole Hardman into that, like they're, uh, the Jets are going to be a problem, man. They're just they're, they're loading up. And even Alan Lazard coming in too. So, geez, they're, man, I got to give credit. I hate to do it because they're an AFC East team and they are going to be a thorn in our side next year, especially if 12 ends up getting traded over there and is the signal caller. But that's a, a nice little signing. And Aaron Rodgers, just going back to that, he does not have like a tried and true no trade clause in his contract, so he doesn't have the final say. But I feel like, one, the organization would want to do right by Rodgers, and two, he has more leverage because, I mean, if they try to trade him to like – uh, who's a bottom-of-the-barrel team that Rodgers wouldn't want to play for. Atlanta. Yeah, if they tried to trade him to, like, Atlanta, he could just retire. So he, does, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but he has leverage, more leverage than the Packers do at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at you, Frank, and I'm like, are you going to say anything? I know, my no. mind went blank for a second. You're, you're good, you're good. Uh, but, you know, with one piece of breaking news, there's always more. I, yeah, yeah. I found, I I found a different set of music for breaking news. Hey, I like it. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars have decided to add a running back, and they are signing former running back, uh, former Browns running back, Dearness Johnson, to a one-year contract. Uh, so it's kind of to, I don't know, fill the void of. James Robinson and that trade that the Jets made last season. Um, or the Jets and Jaguars made last season. I mean, I I don't really know what to think of this move because I think 
Well, I, I know one thing to think about it. What's Kareem Hunt doing? All these running backs around you are getting signed everywhere. And we'll even get to the Bills signing a running back in a minute. But if you're Kareem Hunt, you got to be scared out of your mind. Even like playoff Lenny, uh, you know, Larry Fournette, you got to think like a lot of people are passing on me. And, and they're for cheap deals. I mean, uh, this is only, I believe, only a $1 million deal. It, it's very cheap in the sense uh, for the Jaguars. And does that mean Kareem Hunt's not going cheap? Or is Kareem Hunt going to take a year off? Or is he going to disappear like Todd Gurley? You I know? could see Kareem Hunt just face falling off the face of the earth. I think he'll just re-up with Cleveland. He probably wanted more money than teams were willing to give him. So once his uh, market freezes up, if Cleveland's still on the table, I think he'll just re-up with Cleveland because I know he requested a trade at one point. I think it was last season. But, you know, he's carved out a pretty decent role, you know, just spelling Nick Chubb and being a pass-catching guy. So if Cleveland's still in, I think, you know, once he's explored all of his options, he'll he'll just go back there. Now, let's get to the Bills news. Of course there's always Bills news. How could there not be Bills news? Um, Because Brandon Bean makes sure that the Blitz has news to report about the Bills. Always. Uh, In Triple B's we trust. So the Bills decided to sign O-lineman, O-tackle, David Questenberry to a one-year deal, again, uh, to back up Spencer Brown. And I want to get the initial thoughts because when I saw this, I was like, they didn't want anybody to compete with Brown at all. Like, they they were happy with what Questenberry did when Dion was out for a little bit and when Brown got hurt. Um, I I mean, does this really does it does this improve your line in any way, or does it just keep it the same almost? Uh, it doesn't really. Uh do much for me I mean it's good good depth to have I guess like you know he had some rough stretches last year but he also you know filled in admirably I mean the first game that comes to mind was primetime against New England where you know he injured his ankle but still you know played and kind of gutted it out so you know he's not like a world beater offensive lineman like he's not going to come in there and you know be an elite you know player maybe even good sometimes but uh, you know it's a guy that's familiar with the offense who you know played last year and showed that he can at least be serviceable and step in you know if somebody gets injured or what have you and it's just a good veteran presence I imagine to have around guys like you know Spencer Brown who we're hoping can turn it around next year and Dion who's still relatively young so you know, not uh, not a bad piece of business, I don't think, by Brandon Bean. I mean, you knew probably that there wasn't going to be a splash signing this offseason. They were going to have to work around the fringes given the cap situation, and that's uh, exactly what they've done, getting the best bang for your buck options, whether it's, you know, Deontay Hardy or Damian Harris or Connor McGovern and then just bringing back Questenberry. Like, it's just... In order to be a, a Super Bowl contender, you got to have depth. So they've opted more for uh, for depth this offseason than going for the big splash, which I personally have no problem with. Now, the Bills also decided, decided to sign running back Damian Harris away from the New England Patriots for a very cheap one-year, $1 million deal, uh, which 
how being convinced any veteran to do that is beyond my thoughts. Uh, but what does he bring to the Bills, Tanner? Damien Harris? Yep. Oh, man, this I, I love this signing. And this was not one that I was expecting. I didn't even, when thinking about potential running backs that we could go after, Damian Harris didn't even cross my mind. But I really uh, like this signing. This is a guy that in 2020 and 2021, he was graded over an 85 by PFF both of those two seasons. And, you know, last year with splitting time with Ramondre Stevenson and other guys and being injured, he only played in 11 games and racked up uh, 462 yards and three touchdowns. But this is a guy that is only two years removed from rushing for 929 yards and 15 touchdowns. Like when he's healthy, he's a dynamic runner. Um, He runs hard. He, uh, he fared pretty well in new England's gap rushing scheme. Um, Let's see, graded out in the 82nd percentile of all running backs who, um, in rushing grade in those schemes. And the Bills, that's something that they run a lot of. I, I couldn't find the stats for this past season, but going back to 2019 under Dayball, I think we called like the third highest amount of gap runs in the NFL. So, you know, it seems like a pretty good scheme fit in that regard. And like I said, when he's healthy, you know, he's kind of, you know, more of that power back, which is, you know, something that Brandon Bean said that we wanted to go after this offseason, because obviously you've got your two, you know, kind of more diminutive, however explosive backs, and Naheem Hines and James Cook, so they wanted kind of that bowling ball, and that's exactly what uh, Damian Harris provides at 5'11", 213, so I really like this signing. So do I. I mean, I think he's definitely your power back for the future. I mean, a one-year prove-it deal, uh, where he's only, what, 26? I mean, I mean, he's still so young in senses that, you know, really his main problem is that he gets hurt a lot. He, you know, Ramondre Stevenson had to play a lot more carries. Um, so I, I think that's why New England moved on. But I think it's a great deal. And he he's killed us more times than we would like <laughs> uh, a couple of times on a couple of those runs. Uh, and now we can do it back at New England. That's a pretty fun thing to think about. Um, and he he's just an amazing. At, like, I don't want to go too far and say, like, oh, my God, he's amazing. He's going to be our. No, he's not, like, top-tier running back, but he, he fits what the Bills need. And that's what I think some people have been complaining about with Bean, that he's not filling what the Bills need. He's just kind of – he kind of went out there and – he goes willy-nilly sometimes. Like, sometimes when something doesn't go his way, Von Miller signing out of the blue. Um, <laughs> we that, all know that one. That, uh, that was justified, though. That was most definitely a need. I mean, we couldn't even touch Patrick Mahomes in that division around. He was running around like, you know, he was playing against a bunch of, like, JV flag football players. Like, that was the most definitely a need. There was nothing willy-nilly about that. Well, it, it came after the news that J.D. McKissick was going back to Washington. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so there, there's a little willy-nilly there. <laughs> He's like, F me? No, no F, F you. you. Yeah. Yeah, Von Miller. What's even funnier is that J.D. McKissick is still on the market after being released by Washington, after he went back saying, I have something to finish here. That's right. Who's laughing now? Yeah, uh, you're finishing on your couch, buddy. Uh, <laughs> the eyes. Just... You're, you're finishing your career on your couch, buddy. 
Oh, get your heads yeah. out of the gutters here, gentlemen. Come on. That's that's not me. That's you. Wait, what is that me? Nah, I, mean, I started it, so it's technically <laughs> me. Uh, when I saw the tweet, though, for Damian Harris, I was surprised, but then I thought for uh, thought about it. I thought it was a great pickup. You replace Devin Singletary with the power back that you can pair with James Cook and Naeem Hines, get those short yardage uh, conversions and just those attempts. I think this is a decent... I don't, I don't even think it's decent. I think it's a great deal for the Bills on that one-year prove-it deal. I love Damian Harris on this. And I'll tell you what, another thing, you know, the concern we've mentioned is the injury front, but with the, with this team, he's not going to need to, you know, carry the load. We're not asking Damian Harris to go out there and carry the ball 20 times a game because there's going to be, you know, plenty of touches to go around in that regard. Like he's pr- primarily going to be, you know, short yardage, red zone type of runner. And you got to think, you know, Josh Allen's going to get his fair share of carries. James Cook's going to get his fair share of carries. Maybe even Naheem Hines, if we decide to use him in a, in an expanded capacity on offense will get some carries so hopefully the wear and tear will be less on Damian Harris you know this coming season than it has been in years past just because we have you know a lot of options and you know the fact that we're a a pass first offense so you know we're not asking him to you know to uh, shoulder a Derrick Henry type workload like he might only get you know seven to ten touches per game but as long as he can um, you know, just convert those short yardage plays that we struggled with somehow last season, you know, those third down and ones, and then, you know, improve our, our red zone percentage a little bit, particularly with running the football. That's all we could ask out of him. So hopefully, you know, he doesn't have to shoulder a lot of the offense, and then those injury concerns will be, you know, somewhat mitigated since he's not, you know, killing himself week in and week out carrying the load of the offense on his back. Now, Frank, the the major question for you is how you feel about Adam Thielen going to the Panthers. I mean, that's, you know, even though Thielen is a bit older, you know, their their team is not as refined, I would say. They don't have a starting quarterback right now, but they have the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, so that's most likely a quarterback. Uh, and to have Adam Thielen as your number one where – when he's your number one, he can be very dangerous. I I mean, as a Bucks fan standpoint, I mean, how you feel about going against Thielen now twice a year? I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I do love Adam Thielen. I think he is an incredible slot receiver. Put him in, get those underneath routes. But um, I'm not worried about it. When you have probably C.J. Stroud throwing in the ball behind a weak O-line and a very just depleted Panthers team that I don't feel like is they're taking they're better than they were last year but that's not really saying anything so I'm not too worried I'm thinking though it was a great wide receiver I think it's a great pickup for him but when you have CJ Stroud on a rookie coming out of I don't even know where he's from Alabama CJ Stroud's not Bama right that's Bryce Young Ohio Uh, State Ohio State Ohio yeah so and then behind the weak O-line I mean I'm not too worried about it but good for him. You know, I tell you what, the most asinine thing to come out of that was Adam Thielen saying that he believes that the Panthers can can win a Super yeah. Bowl. Like, are we talking next season? Maybe <laughs> a couple years down the line. I mean, the Panthers, they have some nice young pieces on both sides of the ball. I mean, you look at 
obviously they have the number one overall pick, but some of the guys they already have in-house, you know, Iki Aquanu is a nice tackle prospect. Uh, defensively, Brian Burns is one of the best edge rushers in football. You got the Crimson Chin, Jeremy Chin back there in the secondary, Dante Jackson. I mean, Von like, Bell. Yeah, they got added. some. Oh, I totally forgot about Von Bell. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There's that's yeah, the there's Super the Bowl. That team. Oh, that's the, the Super Bowl, Bowl team yeah. right there. Oh, Any Miles Sanders going to the <laughs> to the Panthers? I mean, even still, like they're a couple years away from being a couple years away. Like they're not winning a Super Bowl next year. I mean, we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. How are you going to say they're going to win a Super Bowl? Like if we don't even know. Apparently, they're quote unquote enamored with Anthony Richardson, but we've also heard reports that they could trade down. You know, which I. Don't buy, frankly, because why would you trade up if you don't even know what quarterback you're going to take? But are we just going to assume that whoever they take, whether it's Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, is going to be the next Mahomes and lead them to Super Bowl? I don't think so, but I get... Look, Adam, I get having confidence in your new team, but let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let, why don't you get through the absolute unit that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before you got to worry about winning a Super Bowl? I appreciate that one. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break because when we come back, I got a game. Oh, heck. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and if you weren't here for Monday, uh, Frank, you weren't here for Monday. Uh, but yeah, Tanner decided weren't. to make a game on NCAA basketball trivia. And, oh, it, it was it was bad. I got like I listened in 20- like the last five minutes. I think you were like three for 14 or something. Hold on. Let me pull it yeah, up here. I, was I got my 8. notes. 8.5 for 24, I believe. Oh, let me no, just Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not, I did not make it particularly easy, especially no. for somebody that's not well-versed in NCAA uh, basketball knowledge. Eight and a half out of 26 possible points. 26, Dan even with. worse. <laughs> um, so when we come back, I, I'm going to tell them the rules of the game. And we're gonna have fun. Are you, oh, a is, lot of fun. Is that right? Are, this is no. This is <laughs> this is Dan. Dan's got a vendetta against <laughs> me for ven- that. I need vengeance, Tanner. Yeah, that's right. So, Bo, I can imagine this will be fun for you, being a masochist, making me <laughs> suffer through this trivia. But it might not be as fun for uh, for me and Frank. But I'll 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 let you have your chance. You know, I I put you through the ringer on Monday, so it's only right that I get it in return. All right. When we come back, we'll be playing the game. It's going to be who wore my jersey game. Yeah, that that's a big hit. Uh, so keep listening to the Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM. If you don't know, when I play wacky music, that means there's a game involved. Man, this, before we even get started, this is some impeccable music right here. Like, this beat is wild. If I was a rapper, I would most definitely at least, like, sample this. If not, just steal it outright and make a song with it. This is hard. Well, you gotta go through a nice legal battle with Nintendo if you guys want to do that. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, wow. Yeah, this is Nintendo, baby. Oh. Hmm. What, uh, ga- what game is this? Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Huh. Well, I, I, never, I, haven't, I haven't beat it yet, so... Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, this is... Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but, you know, I, I gave a little hint of... Oh, hey, it, it's a jersey guessing game. It's not guessing how much the player is worth anymore, how much Buffalo thinks that player is worth. It's now switching to who in the past 
has worn that same exact number. And Frank shaking his head like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and you two will be able to work together. All right. I, I, I want to make sure it's fair on all, all, on all aspects. Um, so basically, I will be telling them the year the player played, what position they played, <clears throat> and that's probably about it. I, 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 I may give another hint of who they played with. Maybe a, a famous player that hmm. they played with. Uh, I, I may add that on, but don't don't quote me on that. So we're going to start off with the number nine, which is new backup quarterback's number, Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start off with uh, the last person to wear the number nine. He played with the Bills from 2021 to 2022, and he got suspended. Oh, okay. Yep, I know who it is. For a, a, a couple of PEDs that he took and then got released right away. Mm-hmm. He was traded uh, to the Bills from the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 seventh-round pick. I believe it was a very late pick. However far forward they could uh, uh, throw the seventh-round pick. He played linebacker. Yep. I already know who it is, but before I give the answer to drag this out a little bit, you know who I thought it was going to be? I completely forgot this player existed. I thought we were going back a little ways. I thought this was going to be Jeff Toole. Remember wow. him? Yeah, I remember him. Because he did wear number nine. I thought it was going to be Jeff Toole, but uh, I forgot that the player who it is existed. You mentioned linebacker out of the University of North Carolina, Andre Smith Jr. That is correct. Frank, did you even have a guess of there? I forgot he was a thing. <laughs> uh, and Tanner, you are wrong. Jeff Tool never wore the number nine. He wore seven and eight. You got... Okay, I guess I just... Mandela effect. I could have swore he wore number nine. Wow, okay, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I said with such conviction, I'm like, th- if this was not Andre Smith, this is Jeff Tool, and uh, I just made myself look like a complete donkey. Uh, unless if uh, Pro Football Reference is wrong, uh, I, I'm going to go with that he didn't wear number nine. But the second player is a player who played with the Bills from 2018 to 2020. Ooh. He was a punter. And he was released due to not holding the ball that well. The... Punter not holding he the got ball tr- well. He did get traded recently. Uh, he went from the Packers to the Rams, or the Rams to the Packers. I forget which way. Um, but he he's played, and he's still one of the most predominant punters. He punts a long way. I know who it is, but I could have swore he wore a different number. Do you know who it is? I think so. No. Did he play for the Bills? He didn't. No. He's now on the Cleveland Browns. Oh. No. Never mind. I'll, I'll give you the team that they're now on if they're still playing. That's if they're still playing. And I'll give you if they're retired. That I'll also add on. But do you have a guess? Hmm. Punter 2018 to 2020. 20. Well, I mean, when he said not great holder, Bajorquez came to mind. But I he did not wear 11 for us. You mean number nine. This is still number nine. Oh, it's still, still nine. nine. Okay. It's still nine. So I'm is... staying with nine. 
until I tell you I'm switching to 11. Okay, oh. I forgot. Okay. Yeah, I just told you guys to write down numbers so you know what to think. I thought we were moving. Oh, I thought we were moved on to no, 11. No, no, no. We're still on 9. Okay, Sorry. Okay, well, that's who it is then, without a doubt. It's Bajorquez. It is Corey Bajorquez. That is correct. Uh, two for two on the number 9. And next, who also wore the number 9. Uh, he was a quarterback, played with the Bills. Uh, his career stats, uh, he played seven games. His record's two and four. He's thrown five touchdowns and four interceptions in his career. And he played with the Bills from 2013 to 2013. <laughs> so he got released halfway through the season. Hey, process of elimination. We know it's not Jeff Toole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I might have an idea here. There's some, boy, there is some just real bottom-of-the-barrel quarterbacks that the Bills played in the early 2010s. I mean, the two that are coming to mind are Thaddeus Lewis and Seneca Wallace. I think it's one of those two. Um, I, 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 I mean, he's thrown touchdowns. So his, his five touchdowns were to Scott Chandler... Marquise Goodwin, mm-hmm. Stevie Johnson, TJ Graham, and Greg Little. Wow, Greg Little. Holy smokes. We are this is And that was on Cleveland. That's when he was on Cleveland. Kid. But the the other four I named, he was on the Bills. Ooh, on he Cleveland. played He played against Cincy Cincy twice. Or no, he had two touchdowns against Cincy, one touchdown against New Orleans, and one touchdown against New England. Ooh. So he's been a Bill, a Brown. Is that it? Um, I have to do a little bit more digging here. Give me one second, please. Um, he's only played those five games. So <laughs> let's see. He was with St. Louis, Cleveland, and the Bills, Houston, and Philly. Oh, no. But he was a backup quarterback for a lot of those teams. Yeah. He he never touched the field. I know Seneca Wallace was a Brown, but I don't feel like he played that much for us. I I need a guess. Just do Seneca. That's a name I haven't heard in so long. I got it. I'm going to say. Five. Four. I don't think it's Wallace. I don't think he played that much for us. I'm going to say Thad Lewis. Tanner, you pulled it out, buddy. Thaddeus Lewis. We're number nine. Now, this next player was a kicker. He played with the Bills from 2003 to 2012. And he went to Washington State as his college. And that's about all I can give you. He made 306 field goals out of 377 attempts. I know for a fact who it is. Do you? I this is all you, Tan. This is all you, Tan, man. I'm <laughs> one of my fondest, earliest memories as a Bills fan was Week Three of the 2011 season against the New England Patriots. Tom Brady threw four interceptions in that game, and we came back. And this kicker kicked the game-winning field goal in Buffalo. Ryan Lindell. That is correct. Oh Ryan Lindell. We're the number nine from 2003 to 2012. Uh, I'm going to move on from the number nine uh, just because they get to a couple of players that I don't think you've ever heard of. No, oh, jeez. So 
I I don't want to give you that far out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that much to you. <laughs> uh, but now we're moving on to the number eleven. Here's the number eleven. First player played with the Bills from 2020 to 2022. He was a wide receiver, mainly played slot. Hmm. Oh my god. And gosh. he used to play with Dallas. With Dallas. Ooh. And he was recently re-signed to the Bills. Not this year, but last year. Last season. Exactly. So hard. I should this should be easy. This should be quick. The low hanging fruit. Oh my gosh. War number eleven for us. Frank, I'll give you this hint. He played for a Bucks for the short time before he retired. Or said he retired. Oh, Cole. Yep. You got it. Yeah. The bee's knees. Oh, wow. geez. I bees had to give that much himself. many hits for Colby's. That's embarrassing. That's, that's not a good start, fellas. Yeah, that's embarrassing. But we got it. That's all that matters. Uh, I thought he was 10. No. No, he was always 11. No, for I the think, Bills. No, he was 10. He was, he was 10. 10 this year. No, he no, was. He's been, oh, he was 10 for so long. I think he was 10 his first year because we had Zay Jones on the roster. And then is when. And the then next he moved year, to 11. Yes. Yeah. Still wore 11. Still 11. Still 11. <laughs> I don't know why 10 stuck with me for him, though. Uh, the next player plays quarterback. He played with the Bills from 2002 to 2004. We acquired him in a trade from the New England Patriots. Oh. That's as far as I'm going to go. By that, judging by that reaction, it sounded like you knew who it was. I the name is. Hold on, I know who it is. It's the man Tom Brady replaced. Yes. <laughs> oh, Frank, Frank, this no, is all on you. I know it, but the name is just. Come on, Frank. The name's escaping him. <laughs> Come on, you can. He is like he is so shell shocked. I'm kicking myself internally. <laughs> I want to give the wall's my... not going to give you the answer, Frank. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. I'll give you a hint. What's the past past tense of bleed? Oh, Eric Bledsoe. No, no, <laughs> Drew, Bledsoe, Eric. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. I got the I got the wrong I got the wrong Bledsoe. <laughs> this man just said Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> no, it's Drew Bledsoe. That is correct. Uh the famous quarterback that got traded here after being replaced by Tom Brady. This man just got signed by the Buffalo Bills. He's wearing number 11 as we speak. Wide receiver, came from New Orleans. Uh, Deontay Hardy. Yeah, correct. I I just saw I would give you the guy who now wears it. Uh, The next one, I think this is going to throw you through a loop. Probably. Played with the Bills from 2016 to 2016. Played with Seattle and the Jets. Was a wide receiver, had him a, a pretty good career. Some would say. I know who it is. He thought he could pull a fast one. I know who this is. Watch me say it with such confidence, and then I'll completely blow it. But I'm pretty sure I know who this is. And he always scored 22 touchdowns in his career. 20. Brent? No. Whoa. That would have been a <laughs> wild tap. Receiver. Jet. Oh. You have a guess? I think I know. Uh, yep, this man on from, like, Madden, I want to say 13 and, like, 25 
was a legend quarterback for the Raiders, turned receiver Terrell Pryor. TP, man, that's one of my Madden goats right there. I'm sorry to say you're wrong. It's not TP? It's not TP. Oh, no. Oh, it's are, a, who it's are another you Seahawks receiver. Percy it's, Harvin. No. Oh. Oh, my you're, God. I did pull a fast one. Yeah. I threw a changeup. Well, in fairness, I knew it was coming. I said, I'm, I'm saying this so confidently, but I'm going to get it wrong. I Who were you thinking it was? It wasn't Tyler Lockett. It was the other receiver because he went from Seahawks to Jets. But uh, I, did, I don't know. What, David was, Moore? Oh, my God. No. I, <laughs> but he never, he never played for us, though. Uh as long as it wasn't Terrell Pryor, because I would have hated to have said Terrell Pryor, or, <laughs> or, or I mean the right answer, as long as it wasn't the right answer. No, yeah, no, Harvin. No. Yeah. Uh, next player. Played with the Bills from 2017 to 2019. Wide receiver. Talked about him a little bit ago. Number 11, Zay Jones. Yep, that is correct. <laughs> I, I thought I would get that out of the way. That, that made no sense to keep it there. It was low-hanging fruit. Next player. Kicker. Oh, oh my. Enough with Played the with the Bills from 1985 to 1991. Oh, my. Most famous play under almost in Super Bowl history. I would say one of the most famous plays. Most infamous if you live in Buffalo. Yeah. Wide right. Yep. Who you, is that player? You know the name? Don't. I have no clue. I unfortunately do. Scott Norwide. Or uh, as his real, his government name, Scott Norwood. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, I'm just making sure really quick here that we we still got some. I think you guys can get this one. <laughs> I, I think. All right. We'll, we'll put that to the test. Uh, this next player with the same number 11 played with the Bills from 2014 to 2015. Uh, he was a wide receiver, only caught one touchdown in his career. And that touchdown was from, I'm trying to, from Ryan Tannehill when he was in Miami. Huh. But he has played against the Bills as a Miami Dolphin where he had a 96-yard kickoff return in 2012. And he had a 75-punt return for the Bills against Green Bay um, against Green Bay in 2014. Hmm. So he was a returner, but could also play uh, wide receiver if you needed him. The first name that came to mind was Brad Smith, but he played for the Jets. Um, I'll give you a little hint. His initials are MT. Michael Thomas. <laughs> oh, a returner. Returner hmm. MT. That also played receiver and wore the number 11. Now I'm just trying to think of those like early stage dolphins. Yeah, caught a touchdown from Tannehill. Huh. Man. I you might have stumped me here. And five, Miles Turner. Four, <laughs> yeah, the Pacers big man. Um three. Uh, two. One. I got nothing. Marcus Digpen. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a deep cut right there. That's a good one. That's a one out of nowhere, right? Yeah, that's... I, re I remember him now that you say the name. Oh, I loved oh. him. I don't know why I loved him. I just love saying Thigpen. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good That's a good deep cut right there. That is a massive W. I'll give you credit for that one. 
All right, we're going to move on to the number 16. Let's go. And we're going to start off with a man who just played this year, 2022 to 2022. Was on the practice squad for a little bit, wide receiver. Very fast man. That is correct. I know who it is. Frank, you got any ideas? God, you're stumping me today. This (laughs) This isn't fair. No, I know who it is. He caught an absolute bomb from Josh Allen in the final regular season game against New England Patriots. Bills legend, Smoke, John Brown. That is correct. Yes. John Brown wore the number 16. Hope, hoping he can come back. He also wore the number 15. I have his 15 jersey. <laughs> uh, hurt me when he wasn't 15 again. I was like, I bought this jersey. But at least he was back on the team, you know? Yes. Uh, next player played with the Bills from 2021 to 2022 was a wide receiver. Brandon Bean draft pick got picked up by the Giants and has major success with the Giants this year. Oh, yep. Don't point at me. Oh, look at you, Frank. Giants receiver? Yeah, just got signed to a one-year deal with the Giants. Well, one-year extension. One-year extension, hint. yes, that is correct. I need an answer. Five. Hodgins. Tanner's got the oh, Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Hodgins is correct. He was a Bills draft pick? Yep. yep. Sixth round out of Oregon State. Yep. Uh, the next one is also, I don't believe he's a bean pick, uh, but I could be wrong. But he played wide receiver for the Bills. Uh, he was on the Bills from 2018 to 2019. Uh, he didn't have m- major upside to him, but he made one big catch for 75 yards against Jalen Ramsey. Who is that player? Frank. Tanner, every time you do the pencil thing, just know I'm filled with anxiety every time. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you got it, I feel like I'm, I don't want, there's no way I can say this without sounding like a jerk, but I've gotten like most of these so far. So if there's any time where you have it before I do, I'm just deferring. Oh, but I, I know, I'm deferring back to you right, right now. I know who this one is. Him and Josh Allen were electric Josh Allen's rookie year. I cannot fathom why this guy did not work out. Like he was just one and done. He had one good season and dipped. It's Robert Foster. That is correct. Undrafted out of Bama. Uh, next player, we're, we're switching from wide receiver to the guy who throws the ball, quarterback. Uh, this man played with the Bills from 26, 2015, sorry, 2015 to 2015. So a short time here with the Bills, but he's played his Q. His quarterback record is 36 and 45. He's okay. thrown 104 touchdowns and 82 interceptions. Wow. The guy that's played a decent amount. Hmm. That wore 16. And this was from 2015. Sorry. 2015. He just, played. Just one season? Uh yeah, just during the season. I believe he got traded during the season. He played with New England. Oh. Uh he's played with Kansas City. Uh Minnesota, Buffalo, Dallas, Tennessee, Detroit, and that's where he ended his career. I know who it is. But he got traded to Dallas at week three, it looks like. So only two games stinked with the Bills. Frank, I'll do my courtesy deferral. I just... 
it's obviously like a not a veteran quarterback, but a guy who has played. Uh, yeah. Some people would say he's veteran in yeah. some ways. He he did do well uh, for for one main man Tom Brady when he got hurt for one season. Mm-hmm. Oh my! It's always talked about Frank. It's the the name slipping you once again. I just remember Brady going. Oh. I need an answer in five. Dan Matt Castle. Cool. Yeah, I Matt was thinking the King Hasselbeck. Castle. Yep. Not, oh. Matt Castle was a bill for a short time being, only staying with those two games, getting traded to Dallas, because I believe Dallas had a lot of QB problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Tony Romo got hurt that year, uh, so they needed somebody to step up, and they thought Castle was the man to do it. Uh, where to head next? Where to head next? I was thinking Hasselbeck. I don't think you'll get this one, but I want to throw it out there. <laughs> no, jeez. Uh, he played quarterback for the Bills, mm-hmm. and he played with the Bills from 1970 Duff. to 1973. His quarterback record was 8-27-2. and two. Uh, He had 35 touchdowns and 68 interceptions. And there's even, it, it's funny, it shows me uh, Pro Football Reference has like a touchdown section. It's TD passes and pick six. Jeez. <laughs> like, oh what gosh. disrespect. Uh, and that was basically his career, the three years with Buffalo, and that was it. Hmm. All right, let's think of who were the who were the big names back then, and we'll, we'll get it. Uh, I, I, can give you, I, I, I can give you some great names that he threw touchdowns to. Marwin Brios, Bill Evart, uh, Haven Moses, Right? Doesn't get better than Matt. Ike Hill, Ted Kov, G-Day Hill, or J.D. Hill, uh, Greg Jones, and Bob Chandler. Mm -hmm. Oh, and even one touchdown to Jan White. Hmm. Um, I have an idea. This would just be a wild shot in the dark. What is your idea? Is it Joe Ferguson? No, it is not. Hmm. Is Dennis Shaw. Hmm. Yeah, there's no shot. I was <laughs> never heard of this man. <laughs> I tried. You know, you, you try some things. Listen, the deep cuts are nice. I may be failing miserably, but they're nice. I'm going to move on to the next number, which is 22. Let's do that. Uh, there are a couple other names that wore the number 16. Brad Smith, Scott Hunter, Stan Glegball, and Tom Flores. Mm. But I don't think any of you would have got that. Hey, I did say Brad Smith's name at one point. You did. <laughs> you did, which is shocking. Hey, my my bills not my early 2010s bills knowledge. Uh, we gotta step it up a bit too because I'm running out of time. Even though I deserve more time. Oh no! Due to the fire alarm. Um, I'm gonna start off with this running back who played with the Bills from 2021 to 2022. He was our third back in the death chart. Uh, he's now with the Giants behind Saquon Barkley and just got a brand new deal. Who is that running back? Friendly deferred. Matt Breida. <laughs> yep, Matt oh. Breida is correct. Um, I think you guys would like this one. Uh, another running back uh, who played for the Bills from 2016 to 2016. Uh, he had 36 touchdowns in his career. And that was as 
about as far as I can go. That played for us in 2016? He did, and running back. Uh, he did go to um, a Super Bowl. He played with New Orleans for a long period of his career, then went to Miami, Detroit, and then had a one-game stink with the Buffalo Bills. Oh, God. So the Super Bowl was with the Saints. That is correct. And he even did play with the Detroit when they went to the playoffs in 2014. My gosh. I, You stumped me. I, I don't have it. Frank, you got any guess? This is a pretty well-known running back. Pretty well-known running back. It's... I would say you see one. Like, um, his last name starts with a B. Devin Bush. Not Devin Bush. Reggie. Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. Reggie. That was a good guess, though. I'll give you... Uh, Devin Bush isn't bad. I mean, he is a linebacker and never played for the Bills. But, you know, besides that, pretty good <laughs> My mind's all over the place. Uh, I'll give you another running back. There's a lot of running backs on this number. Oh, yeah. From 2007 to 2014, this was known... This is a well-known running back who yeah. had an amazing career with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, still love him to this day. Uh, even was uh, did, um, what was it? One of the warm-ups for the game of where else would you rather be here than right here, right now? Yep. You have a guess. Five, four, three. Bills legend, co-college, two. Fred Jackson. That is correct. Freddie oh, Jackson. I was not getting that. If you, if I know you're not a Bills fan, but if you, if you're ever going to be, you gotta know Fred Jackson. Yeah, Fred Jackson. Uh, this player played with the Bills from 2018 to 2018. Well known for retiring at halftime. Oh gosh. Oh. He was a cornerback. Yep. Five, four. Love the story. I don't know three. the name. Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis is correct. Um. Now, another running back who played with the Bills from 2019 to 2020 was also the third back on the death chart, most well-known as a receiving back. Uh, did get some playing time when both uh, Devin Singletary and Frank Gore got hurt. Huh. Mm. Shoot, this is... He only had six touchdowns in his career rushing-wise, I believe. Hmm. Oh, man. The years again were... Uh, his years. Give me one second here. I got to go back. I was finding more on him. Uh, 2019 to 2020. Hmm. Jeez. Uh, he played for Jacksonville. Well-known for playing in Jacksonville. Hmm. That was the number 22 for us. He's only played with Jacksonville and the Bills. That's been his career. Wow. Man, Dan, you're killing me. Five. I got nothing. Four. Nothing. Three, two, one. TJ Yeldon. Oh, no. Gosh. Man, I could have had that. And just because of time's sake, I have to go to the last number. 66. There's a lot more people. Uh, Steve Freeman. Uh, Duke Johnson, mm. Daryl Porter, Charlie Warner. A lot of players that wore the number 22. Mm-hmm. But now we got to go to number 66. And 
I'll, I'll start you off with the one who signed. Uh, guard uh, played with Dallas, just got signed here for a three-year deal. Connor McGovern. Dang. He got one. Let's go. He got one. Uh, but now we're going to head to another guard who played with the Bills from 2020 to 2020. Uh, never really did much in his career for the Bills. Uh, but he was a backup guard. He was a good rotational piece. Uh, he played with the Jets before coming to the Bills. And then he played two games with Arizona in 2021, and that is his career. Jets, Bills, Cardinals. It's not who I think it is. He's a 6'4", 320-pound man. Hmm. It's a guard. It's not Ford. Cody Ford wore like 70, 74, something like that. So it's not him. He never played for the Jets either. Um, I knew this is where the wheels were going to come falling off. (laughs) And I think I might have to wave the white flag on this one. Five, four, three, two. I'm waving it. One. Brian Winters. Damn it. Or, excuse me. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Dump! Well, we're going to stay on the offensive line because who doesn't love the offensive line? Uh, This guy is a tackle. He's 6'7 and 351 pounds. So he a big boy. Uh, (laughs) And um, he played. He actually got drafted to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Played with Buffalo for a long time before heading to Houston. And uh, that's been his career. I know who it is. Out of the University of Miami, Chantrell Henderson. Out of all the people I thought you would get, I did not think that would be on your board. But you got it right. <laughs> wow, I, I, I give you props for that, yeah, buddy. I remember him because he had, like, Crohn's disease or something, and he battled oh. that, and that was publicized here in Buffalo. So that's why I remember him. Now we're going to go back to the guard position. This guy is a really well-known Bills legend. Uh, he played with the Bills from... 1961 to 1969. Mm. I'm pretty sure I know this one. Are you? Are you pretty sure? He's 6'2", 258 pounds. Um, And he only played what it's showing me here. It could be wrong. They only played in the playoff games. Hmm. He never played any regular season games? It does not look... What it's giving me is no. Uh, He played against Boston, San Diego twice, and Kansas City. (laughs) I think this is one that Frank's going to defer to me, even though I'm not entirely certain. Well, I mean, I can try. Let's see. Let's think about this logistically here. <laughs> you need an answer in five. Whoa, okay. Uh, well, I don't have the time, Frank. If I could give you more time, I would. Kent Hull. Wrong. Oh. Billy Shaw. Mm. I, You know, one out of the blue. I try, you know. Try to throw you off your game. Um, now, hmm. Do I have time for one more? That is the question. 
You know what? I'm going off the blue. We're going to a random number, everybody. Oh, goodness. Oh, We're gracious. doing a random number. Let's go. The number 45. Oh, God. This might be disastrous. I'm going to make sure it's somebody you guys can know before I say anything. Never mind. We're moving from the number 45. I thought you might hit me with the Christian Wade there. <laughs> uh, we're going to 29. 29. Doable. Okay, you can get this one. I, I think you guys can get this one really quick. Uh, played with the Bills from 2020 to 2020. Was a cornerback during the COVID times. Guy's hand, uh, or guy's face printed by the King Derrick Henry. <laughs> I know it. Oh, I know. I could. I'm watching the replay in my head. <laughs> <laughs> we might do this the... more uh, when we have more time of just random players with random numbers. Yeah, that'd be so one. great for me. <laughs> hey, I can add some box players on yeah. here. Oh, there we go. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a break. You gotta guess five, four, three, two, oh, one. Oh, uh, wait, wait, Josh Norman. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get this off because we have to. We have to leave. I forgot Josh Norman was a bill. It's yeah, for most Bills fans did too. Yeah. Uh, and no, we don't have to leave in the sense that there's another fire drill. It's more we have to leave because we're out of time. Uh, so, Tanner, sell out your socials. If there's any fellow uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen fans that would like to follow me, it's at TJ Saunders 2000 on Twitter and on Instagram at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000. Frank? If you think the Rays are winning the Super Bowl, the World Series, follow me on Twitter at Frank561Lopez and on Instagram at FrankLopez underscore 561. And you can follow me if you think the Buffalo Bandits are one of the greatest lacrosse teams ever uh, on Twitter at double underscore D capital WNY. Almost said WBNY, but it's WNY. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode with the mayhem and everything that's gone around today. Uh, we were not expecting two fire alarms, but we're, we're glad we could have had some of this show off. Uh, so keep listening to 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo for more great music.